All right, well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, comic book fans, fans of podcasts, fans of top five lists, fans of uh, comic books, panels, art, story, fans of my voice because I'm the one you listen to when you're doing mundane chores like dishes, laundry, whatever. Whatever the reason is you're here. Thanks for being here. I always love hanging out with you. Even if I can't always see you. But if you want me to see you, send me a message. Find me on those amazing social media places and say, Hi, Seth. Great hanging out with you on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Because that's where you are. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack right here. I think that I think I just said Spinner Rack. The DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Let's try that, shall we? Right here on the DC Comics News Podcast Network, I am your host, Seth Singleton. I sometimes uh, stumble. Sometimes I mispronounce words. Sometimes I get names wrong. Sometimes I even mix up characters. I'm a bit of what they call a hoot. But this is episode number 125, so guess what? If you're here, you're not really bothered by any of that. You're probably quite used to it. Now, if you're annoyed by it, let me know, and should I hear a growing consensus... I will find ways to mitigate, but I used to do all this stuff, like write these copious notes and try and go from that, and these episodes were like an hour, hour and a half long. It was kind of ridiculous, so I kind of go with this way, but if you know like amazing tricks and techniques and and yeah, um, at that point, I could always throw in the always fun what have yous, then uh, (laughs) send them my way. I will happily employ them. I will do my very best, my most utmost possible, to uh, to see just uh, how I can make them of use so that, you know, I can bring you the best show possible. Hey, speaking of the best show, speaking of the best, quite the list we have here on episode number 125. And can you just pause with me? 125. All right, I just needed to sink in. That's all. Moving along with that, I've got... Uh, Superman, 78, issue number two, to uh, kick things off this week. Robert Venditti has really just been one of those great guys for me. Absolutely love what he does with so many great characters. He he really captures that sense of history that they have. I loved his work on Hawkman, really enjoying what he's doing on Superman 78. Love the wonderful art from Wilfredo Torres. Colors by Jordi Belair. We've got the letters by Dave Lampier of A Larger World. And an original cover by Ben Oliver with a variant by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty sweet when you get to see these things that, for me, are, are so wonderful that I remember from the comics Sorry, from the movies that are now translated into the comics. See, I told you I step all over things sometimes. It's just going to happen. You'll be okay. I'll be okay. We'll be okay. But I also love it then when there's some ideas that maybe were on the minds of the uh, creators of Superman number one, number two, and more. But then there's what you want to have happen, and then there's how the... uh, you know, the movie-making business makes decisions. Because we start out in this great story with Lex Luthor appearing at a uh, Cord Enterprises building, which is just a really fun thing to see. And it reminds me of how great it would have been if we could have had Superman meet Ted Cord. 
But uh, with all that, <laughs> we, we get to see that Lex Luthor is struggling to get any sort of recognition as, as he will always remind you, the greatest criminal mind to ever exist, one of the greatest intelligences, if not the greatest intelligence on Earth. So, I'm sure it perked him up just a little bit to arrive at his apartment, find Superman with there, with an offer, and some technology. Something that alludes to the events of the first issue, when we saw the arrival of a sentry on the part of Brainiac, who had come to, as in most places, assess the value of a world, and discovered a Kryptonian, which means there's a message being broadcast to Earth that's saying, yeah, this Kryptonian is um, a danger, a threat, and he will eliminate your species, and I, Brainiac, am here to save you. The people aren't really buying it, and Superman is quick to take on those sent by Brainiac to bring him in. I love that we get a classic Superman movie moment where he tears a piece of his shield off. It becomes this entanglement that unfortunately is not much more effective than it was in the movies and we get to see how brainiac is quickly able to challenge superman and in doing so create quite an interesting challenge especially when brainiac recognizes that it's the people it's the people that are the leverage and as is always the case with Superman, he's willing to do anything to save the people. Now, how is he then going to get himself out of this situation and show us the sort of cliffhanger events leading towards issue number three? You're going to have to pick it up or stay tuned here to see if Superman 78 number three ends up making it on this list. But the first one out of the way gives me a great opportunity to jump into my second choice, and that one is Batman versus Big Me. Now, to be fair, Batman versus hasn't always played out well. Just look at Warner movies. However, this Batman versus Bigsby, Bigby is really interesting because it brings together the world of Batman, the world of fables, and it does through does so through uh, Bill Willingham, who's the writer and creator of Fables. He's writing this story. He's got Brian Level on the interior and Varian Pencils. He's got Jay Leistein, uh, or Leistan, on the interior and Varian Inks. He's got Lee Lowbridge on the interior and Varian Colors. Yannick Paquette on the cover. And Steve Wan's doing the letters. And in this story, A Wolf in Gotham, issue number one, we see a Gotham that's very familiar and yet very separate from the one that we most often see in comics. There are these great subtle differences that are introduced right on the first page. There's something um, familiar about Robin's costume and yet very distinctively not what is always portrayed in comics. It's close. It's just... And it's interesting in that it appears to be Dick Grayson, who is wearing this Robin outfit, and he's not the only Robin. There are others. They're all being observed, along with Batman, by Bigby, who is somehow able to observe them without being noticed. Although that's only how it appears, Batman later reveals that he has been aware of Bigby, and he's getting quite annoyed, because when we first see Bigby and Batman and the Robins, 
they are investigating a crime in which a squatter's den with bodies has the evidence of a wolf-like creature. Certainly between hair fibers that are similar but not quite uh, a complete match, bite wounds and other evidence. But then there are the things that don't quite add up, like how it is that the crimes are always taking place in areas where security cameras public cameras have been disabled. This leads to a very interesting confrontation where uh, Batman goes head-to-head with Bigby. This is after having some great exchanges with the commissioner. We also get to see a new face at the commissioner's side. And then interwoven through is the story of a criminal underground, one in which there are some very polished, gentlemanly-looking figures who do some very ungentlemanly deeds. One of them reminds me a little bit of a classic Batman rogue. We'll have to see how clear that connection is or if I'm completely off base on this one. And then we also get the introduction that these criminal minds and criminal figures are A, looking for something, B, willing to go through some very violent means in order to get it. And then finally... There is the challenge that all of this (laughs) is part of a larger narrative. So there's a lovely cliffhanger after uh, a few events transpire, and it shows that there will be some distrust on the part of Batman with those he is suspicious of and also with clues that aren't adding up in this case. It's a wonderful sort of mystery, one that involves two very impressive sleuths, and I think this uh, setup creates some great tension that will be wonderful to enjoy as this series continues. It's also why I think it's such a perfect fit for this week's episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Hey, with our second book out of the way, and it's a 5x5 just like the first one was, It's always time to take a quick ad break, catch up on all the great things going on here at DC Comics News. So with that, we're going to step away, I'm going to let you catch up, and then I'll be back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Stay tuned, you won't want to miss. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it, here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um... Can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. 
Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat me, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> <Ears> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show, we're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to. Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and 
very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un, unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Hey, what I say, as promised, as mentioned, as uh, intended, and hopefully as proven true, I've returned, and I'm here with you to talk about a really enjoyable series, one that, um, well, I think combines some great elements, and yes, I know, I missed the first issue on this episode, it's not that it wasn't good, it's just Sometimes I make judgment calls. I'm not saying they're all right. You think I'm wrong. Go ahead and send me a message. Use the at symbol DC Comics News and and tell me where it's happening at. And uh, hey, I'm always willing to consider that I pulled the wrong plug. I cut the wrong wire. I made the wrong choice. For this time around, I'm happy to share with you uh, a really fun book. One that uh, I'm really enjoying and reminded that I can't get every great thing on every episode. It's just going to happen. The Sandman Universe Lock and Key Hell and Gone number two. This is a really fun story. Um, It's written by Joe Hill with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. Colors by J. Photos. We've got letters by Sean Lee. And uh, it's a It's a phenomenal package, combining all of those great characters by Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez, Neil Gaiman, Sam Keith, Mike Drigenberg. I mean, man. (laughs) And it it opens with a lovely description with some very dark and ominous images. And then we discover that there are characters missing, that the, the ruler of the dream world is not present, as well as a few others. And some characters are in quite a predicament and set upon by violent offenders who clearly only want to do some serious harm. Luckily, at least one of those present is someone who is, well, let's just say learning how to use the tools that they have discovered and are in their possession. And as they are learning, they are quickly Mm, evening the odds, balancing the equation, and giving as good as they get. Inside, there's the phenomenal art. There are the wonderful characters like Lucian. There are dangerous forces. There are those who only want to bring about the best result from everything that's happening. And then there is the fact that there are dangers and they do await. They are wonderfully captured with some beautiful art. The paneling, I'm a a big fan of the different styles and the approaches. And it was something that I kind of noticed in the previous book when I was talking about Bigby. The idea of, and it's something that works really well, Pardon me while I mute that. It looks like I was getting a message and that little notification just came in. So as I was saying, there's some great things about the way the images in the Batman Bigby book could be cast as these like shadow images against the background of the panel. This isn't something that I'm seeing in Sandman uh, Lock and Key Hell and Gone 2. 
but it is something that shows this like awareness that in the uh, panels you can have these great great background feelings and expressions that they come through so well if it's correctly done with stone with entranceways and with all of the things then that you you paint on top of those and so while in the big v and batman book you you had these very clear uh, background images that were almost coming from the background towards the reader with this this sort of faded effect in this case it's a very concrete image it's a framing device that that lets you know exactly what that uh that panel is including and what the concrete elements are and then the things that are moving across it are these very interesting at the reels that i think are a lot of fun and then of course we have the mystery of what do you do when the masters of realms disappear uh, it, it sends things into a bit of a spin. It creates opportunities for others to make power grabs. It it leaves <laughs> a lot of messes and probably a lot to clean up afterwards. But that's on those guys when the big bosses come back. You know, that's their job. But in the meantime, those who love and support them, who feel that it's their duty to seek and find and then return, well... That's where we really get a chance to enjoy the journey even further. Sandman Universe Lock and Key Hellingon number two is a wonderful second book that continues to develop not only the characters involved in the story, but how it is that they set upon this task and why it is that the elements of their two worlds begin to reveal themselves to... Uh, characters from other worlds and, and how that crossover then begins to create this really wonderful idea of how can these two figures and their abilities and the tools that they have work together to accomplish the goals while at the same time dealing with the fact that they are in many ways and for all intents and purposes strangers and trust it's hard to build it's going to take time and uh, I think that's going to make so much of this journey really enjoyable. With that, my third 5 out of 5 choice out of the way for this week's episode, I bring us over to a book that I found very intriguing. At first, I'm going to be honest, I, I wasn't 100% about Deathstroke, Inc. 1. Or the whole series in general. But the first book, I, I wasn't sure that there would be something that would really grasp me. But the first cover... <laughs> is classic and just so arrogant, so pushy. Just one of those things where you're like, wow, can you be any more, you know, annoying? And I'm pretty sure Slade Wilson can find ways to be even more annoying. But then the variant is a <laughs> a really fun image, one that I, I think is uh, gorgeously drawn. And also at the same time, uh, well... What can I say? There are two other variants as well. There's plenty for this one, and they they really make which one you choose a, a fun decision, a challenging one, and should you find yourself unable to choose between and just grabbing all four, well, no judgments here. How about that? And if you shared it, if you care to tell me, but say, shh, don't tell anyone I got all four, that's okay too. I don't like spilling secrets, and that's your collection. If it makes you happy. 
I'm not here to uh, provide any judgment. Joshua Williamson is the writer. So I'm encouraged when I'm reminded of that as I picked up this issue. And then we've got the beautiful art by Howard Porter. Hi-Fi with the colors, Steve Wong with the letters. Uh, Howard Porter and Hi-Fi with the cover. We got Francesco Mattina on the variant. Dima Imanov on the uh, monochrome variant. And we've got uh, Gerardo Zafino on the final variant together quite a wonderful combination uh as i said no judgments from me on which ones you choose to get but fun thing about this series is for me getting the chance to see this this idea of where slade wilson began you know taking that experimental serum choosing to uh drastically alter his life and then how we get to the present day a place that has to uh, simply be seen i think to be believed talking about trust i'm talking about trust inc and their headquarters and how it is that there is a director and a toy man 2.0 and they're all working towards something and they're working with Slade Wilson who just happens to be driving a Batmobile <laughs> and carrying a you know handheld or at least two handheld Gatling gun laying vased to a that's right somehow I suddenly slipped into a bit of an accent of vased laying waste to uh, a fake town a criminal enterprise that yes Trust, ooh, I'm getting adorable with some of these pronunciations, that Trust chooses to uh, eradicate. Now, then we get a chance to see that there's some tension between a couple of other characters involved with Trust. One who's familiar to DC Comics fans, I'm talking about Black Canary, who is curious just what it is Slade Wilson really wants out of this. Now, they're on a, uh, a mission to find the source behind this fake town and also the uh, things that were being done to the people there, the uh, decisions that they were standing behind, and the tasks that they were employing. And it's a pretty interesting sort of introduction to trust. It's an introduction to who is around Slade Wilson, and then we get the chance to see that there's a challenge being placed before him. That challenge is the idea of what happens if someone like Slade Wilson can be redeemed, if other figures can be brought inside, and then if they can, how can they be used against those natural enemies that trust has created and then final final page on here is really fun because it gives you a couple of great glimpses as uh what to expect from this series and the upcoming adventures it will hold i, I think it was a great introduction to deathstroke inc and it's enough for me to want to come back and see what happens in issues two and three and if they can hold my attention. So I love the fact that while I was checking this out at first, I was like, yeah, this probably won't get on. I don't know if all number ones deserve to be on the spinner rack. Deathstroking proved me wrong. I was happy it did. That's why I'm pleased to share it with you. 
And that's our fourth five out of five book, which brings us to our fifth and final. And for that one, man, I can't get enough of Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom number five. Let you know there was a close tie between Batman Reptilian and a few others. Uh, Detective Comics number 1043. It, it's not easy, man. It's just not easy. But there's something about the fact that, you know, not only are we talking about Source of Freedom issue number five and the Source of Freedom, which is so much a part of the history, Mr. Miracle. But in this series, we've been dealing with a Mr. Miracle who is not scot-free and yet dealing with someone who claims to be the daughter of scot-free and barda brandon easton is the one uh twisting this wonderful tale together it's got art by fico osio rico renzi on the colors rob lay on the letters yannick packet and uh nathan fairbin on the original cover and valentine delandro on the variant cover we journey now to uh, the new gods, where Orion <laughs> and Mr. Miracle are uh, joined together in a war. And actually, let's call it less of a war, but certainly more of a conflict. Um, this Mr. Miracle, Shiloh, he's been gaining a lot of perspective about the history of who his predecessor was, who Scott Free was, and he's been doing it through the uh, Oberon. And yet we also get a very fun time variance moment with Orion and Shiloh about how they haven't really met, but they will, and time makes it funny. And the other thing that catches my attention about this series is we know what's happening with Superman and action comics and War World and also in the future state glance where we got the chance to see just what things were going to look like for superman in the future and how midniter who is a part of the superman and authority series and also mr miracle play significant roles so why why then do i continue to come back to this because i feel like it's setting up how shiloh will find himself connected to the the plan that superman is enacting as he intends to leave Earth soon and head to War World, and how it is that this will then bring him into, as we saw in Future State, cahoots with Midnighter, and how this series does a wonderful job of bringing us closer to some other elements that are important to keep in mind, and that is when Shiloh gets to see the broken source wall. And from there, I'm going to stop. The rest of that series is for you to enjoy at this point. I highly encourage you to uh, check it out, pick it up. I think you're going to like what you see. I think you're going to enjoy what I'm talking about. And should you find that I'm wrong, well, I'm going to be okay with that. I just want you to tell me where, how, and why. And let's have a great chat about it. You can find me and the rest of the DC Comics News team all the way out there in the uh, wild, vast social media. That was my last five out of five books. So let me go ahead and tell you about that. The at symbol and DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. Use that at DC Comics News. Send me a message. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. And then check out all of our other great content. Um, whatever platform you're listening to, you just subscribe now and that's how you make sure you get it. Or you can always find us on all the big daddies like iTunes and Spotify and basically any media player that's out there where you can get podcasts. Subscribe. 
DC Comics News. You'll get more episodes of The Spinner Rack. You'll get our weekly podcast where we bring you all the best in movies, television, streaming, comic book, and more DC Comics-related news. And there's a great round robin of fun hosts, those that you'll hear hosting other great programs on here. Um, among those, Steve J. Ray, uh, the host of I Am the Night, episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, also, Brad Felicki, Kelly Gaines. Uh, we've got Kendra Hale. They're, they're all on stuff like the Mad Love, the Harley Quinn episode-by-episode series, and some other fun stuff. So here's what I'm going to say. Subscribe, check out all the great stuff we got, and you're guaranteed to find out if books that I've mentioned on the Spinner Rack continue to come back, or if others take their place, and week by week, what my top five picks are, and if you should have thoughts, opinions, comments, and more, like I said, at DC Comics News is how you let us know. You've been listening to DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. Thanks for a great time here on episode number 125. Can't wait to come back around next week and share with you all my favorite five by five picks. You have yourself a great one. Till next time. Bye now.